Welcome to the Boys in the Iceberg, the podcast where we recap Avatar The Last Airbender episode by episode for fans new and old. I'm your host, John Listman, immigration attorney by day, stand-up comic by night, airbender at heart, and I'm joined as always by my co-host. I'm Jeff Miller, TV writer, avid mind wanderer, and aspiring waterbender. All right, we got a great episode. We're going to be reviewing book two, episode five, Avatar Day. Oh, my God. So much to celebrate. Or uh, what's the opposite of celebrate, Jeff? That's a question. Commiserate. Commiserate. Uh, Well, the gang's going to find out very much. Uh, In this episode, Aang and his friends stumble upon a town celebrating Avatar Day, but are shocked to find... The sentiment is very much anti-Avatar. The villagers blame Avatar Kiyoshi for killing their leader, Chin the Great. And Aang is arrested and tried for crimes he committed in a past life. Sokka and Katara, hoping to prove the Avatar's innocence, do some investigating on Kiyoshi Island. But a rigged justice system finds Aang guilty, and only after Aang helps save the town from invading Fire Nation soldiers is he pardoned. The town consequently changes the Avatar Day to a pro-Avatar celebration. Meanwhile, Zuko had disguised himself as the Blue Spirit to steal food for him and his uncle. Iroh is not happy with what Zuko is doing, prompting Zuko to leave and venture out on his own. There Oof. is, uh, yeah, that, that, that Zuko Iroh, uh, yeah. I think we're going to spend a good time talking about it, so we'll save it for the talk. Uh, the episode starts out. Momo attempts to grab a spider that's made a web in sleeping Sokka's open mouth, waking Sokka, who yells at Momo in response. He, in turn, wakes Katara and Aang. His outburst attracts the attention of a mounted Fire Nation military unit known as the Rough Rhinos, who surround them. In their attempt to leave quickly, the trio realizes they each left a precious possession behind at the camp, Katara's waterbending scroll. Aang's staff, and Sokka's boomerang. Katara and Aang use bending to retrieve their desired possessions, while Sokka is the only one unable to retrieve his. Sarcastic and upset, he asks if the two really had only enough time to get their possessions but not his. Katara simply affirms that is the fact. Um, (laughs) A nice little bit of comedy here. Yeah. Just Sokka, man. Whatever, whenever we see Sokka, and it's very early in an episode, if not the first scene, yeah, you just know he's gonna have something bad happen to him, or or already having something bad happen. I mean that that might induce nightmares, quite honestly. That the, yeah. the idea of like having a spider oh. having laid a web in just overnight. Terrifying! <laughs> terrifying! Yeah. Uh, Thank God for Momo. Momo is doing him a favor. If only, yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know. I also thought it was very impressed. Is this the first time we see the rough rhinos? Uh, I was wondering that. I couldn't remember, and I wish I'd done the the, yeah. the homework on it. But we met some sort of Fire Nation. I don't know if they were militants, if they were yeah. um, mercenaries or what. But in the in the Jet episode, right? Or if they were just soldiers in general. These uh, rough rhinos are very. I this might be the first time we're meeting them because I think we're going to yeah. see them again. They definitely feel like something that's. It's an elite fighting unit, yes, in the uh, Fire Nation world, absolutely. Uh, But unfortunately, uh, no, there was not enough time for Sokka, at least, uh, to get his final good old Boomy. 
Uh, it's so unfair too because Katara and Aang already have bending. Like they, if they don't have these things, it stinks. But they can make do. Sokka is not a bender, as he explains, and we'll see this soon. He's boomerang guy. Like that's his. That's yeah. such a part of his identity. Besides loving meat, and that's so true. Oh, it's so unfair that they're just not letting him get it. Okay, and yet. I'm, I, I don't know, if, let's rank these items from in, in importance from highest to lowest. I would say number one has to be Aang's staff. Uh, number two, the waterbending scrolls, okay? I, if Katara is still holding on to these, she hasn't mastered them yet. She still has some knowledge to squeeze out of them. I don't think it's just some souvenir, but uh, who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's, that's you know, what you make a really good point. Yeah. And these are, it's not even like these are pirates. These are straight up Fire Nation. Mm-hmm. If the Fire Nation gets their hands on these scrolls, they're definitely going back to the Fire Nation. Not that they're going to learn waterbending, but they can at least understand, you know, the technique and maybe they'll realize, oh, they're doing this and this matches the scroll we have. Mm. We know what's coming. The staff, I mean, I, I oh. guess it's not like, an airbending staff or, or a glider, you know, is what it really is. Yeah. Um, is, is an easy item to find, but it definitely seems like an easy item to make. Um, See, I don't know. What, what, what are those? Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I wonder what the fabric is there. Strong wood and whatever the fabric is. But the fabric looks very similar to Eggs his yeah. airbending robes. Yeah. So. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, well, I don't know. It's just... Uh, it's hard to find a uh, a staff master in the uh, on the road. Yes. And if this uh, was a southern tribe um, specific boomerang, I mean, they might be able to get new boomerangs, but who knows if you can get the same kind? Agreed. This and is for Saka, That's like, his. Okay, I, I I still consider in the average the importance of Saka's boomerang yeah. the least, but yeah. uh, let's not forget this is his Katara's necklace. This is his relic to his. Uh, home and uh again he's been a defender a protector had to step up as the man and this is his uh defense object of choice it's uh i was gonna say it's also his guitar is waterbending ah so you know what so i, I, it's, I yes so to Saka, this is an enormous loss it's a huge loss uh, i mean but, look yeah. he's still got them but yeah. a guy with his pride you, it, it's just it stinks it's I, we only hope that like a true boomerang It'll somehow find its way back. Fingers crossed. All right. Uh, while purchasing supplies, Aang, Sokka, and Katara learn of a festival known as Avatar Day, celebrated in the nearby Earth Kingdom village. Curious and excited, they go to the festival and find a parade with giant floats that are made to look like Avatars Kiyoshi, Roku, and Aang. The two, uh, the trio, initially believe that the festival is honoring the Avatar, but are surprised when a man torches the three floats to the loud approval of the villagers who chant, down with the Avatar. Okay, guys, didn't think we'd see an Avatar bird in effigy when uh, I started this episode, but we got three, so uh, let's talk about it. (laughs) So there's a really funny bit about the importance of his boomerang and how it's not even just for fighting, but what a big part of his identity it is. I mean, you're right. It's And it's it's just as much as uh, Katara's necklace. It's also basically Katara's hair loop. He's, That's right. This yep. is his everything. He's the boomerang guy. <sighs> um, and now, as he sadly finds out, he's just the ponytail guy. Mm. 
And it's tragic. And then, yeah, this village, I mean, yeah. here's a twist you didn't see coming. No, I did not think it would be set on fire. But, uh, man, they, they had their reasons. We, 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 well, I'm sure it will be dissected when we uh, get into it. So let's move on. Uh, mm-hmm. Elsewhere, uh, now disguised as the Blue Spirit, Zuko steals from the wealthy running on rooftops of houses and attacking a man and a woman to steal baskets of provisions. Hiding the mask and swords, Zuko returns to Uncle Iroh in a cave where they have temporarily settled. His uncle comments on how he does not like that Zuko's been hiding the source of their provisions. Nevertheless, Iroh eats the food. I love that. I love that ending. Nevertheless, listen, Mm -hmm. Iroh, it's the uh, ostrich horse all over again. He's only got so many options here and he's trying to hang on to Zuko and not kind of scare him away. And I don't want to give anything away here. So yeah, it's, it's, is he being just a, a bad enabler? Um, or does he realize that, look, this is what Zuko's done. He's not going to change him right away. Um, and meanwhile, they do need to eat to survive. And let's face it, Iroh is not a slim guy and, and maybe he just stole really good food. Yeah. I mean, Okay. Obviously, stealing food is one thing. I think it uh, it escalates, and we'll have to. Oh, exactly. We'll, we'll talk circle about that. back to that. Uh, For now, he's basically about. Aladdin and Apu. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Pretty Just much. And, street uh, rats stealing to survive. That's right. Uh, but but really, uh, it shows both of them their pride and their sense of what's how to live as a mm-hmm. nomadic uh, outcasts. Okay. Amen. Back at the festival, Katara promptly extinguishes the burning effigies. When the festival goers protest, Aang reveals to be the Avatar himself, yes. Uh, Believing that he will destroy them, the villagers cower from him, and he is told by Mayor Tong to leave the village as he is an unwanted visitor. Katara states that they have no right to question Aang's honor since he only helps people. Tong scoffs at the suggestion, explaining that Avatar Kiyoshi killed their former leader, Chin the Great. Aang agrees to stand trial in the hopes of clearing his name, but is unable to post bail since the town does not accept water tribe currency. Imprisoned, Aang tasks Sokka and Katara with investigating the townspeople's accusations. Okay. So, uh, I mean, of course it is the entire episode, but what? It's like I volunteer as... uh, plaintiff for the crime of my incarnation yeah. hundreds of years ago could you uh, imagine how tough that must be to find out that you're being held accountable for something you did in a previous life i mean yeah. it's not even like an ancestor or anything like that it's like you in another life just uh when, when ang agrees to stand trial i guess he's under the impression there is some sort of criminal justice system in place right right uh, he should have done a little more research before, right. uh, you know, getting himself locked up like that. So, uh, all right, the trial will continue later on. Uh, yeah. Oh, the the mayor was voiced by yes, mayor. Um, you you might have recognized this voice. It is James Hong. Yeah. He's been around forever. He's been in everything going back to the seventy eighties. Um, but. Uh, John and I might know him best as Cassandra's dad in Wayne's World, Wayne's um, who World. Wayne has to fight off, fight against to prove his his metal. Um, but many other people might recognize the voice in particular as Mr. Ping 
from Kung Fu Panda, the films, the shows, the games, all of it. Um, but yeah, it's just a, another great <laughs> casting the, here. The theme park uh, attractions. I mean, that's really been a yeah a, a widely heard voice and yeah. great job in this episode too. Uh, yeah. You know who isn't doing a great job, uh, or maybe is depending how you look <laughs> at it. Zuko, okay, because he's out there robbing a wealthy. I mean, on one hand, he's an outlaw, but on the other hand, he's robbing the best of them. He uh, stops a wealthy tax collector in his coach easily defeating the guards and stealing the money. After hearing Mayor Tong's description of Chin's statue and his account of Kiyoshi emerging from the temple to strike the emperor down, Katara realizes that Kiyoshi would never have set foot on the island if the temple and statue were carved out of the same stone and the statue was built following Chin's death. They also discover a footprint at the end of the island, which would prove to be some evidence later. Okay, so... uh Let's start with Zuko. Uh, yeah. mm. Very and, Robin Hood. Yes, right. First, first act he's Aladdin. Second act he's Robin Hood. Uh, yeah. Except Robin Hood was more of a. I mean, I don't think Robin was just keeping most of the money. <laughs> I think he was true. Right, Although it is funny that he's literally stealing from a tax collector. I mean, that's uh, very. No, it's very Robin Hood. Very Robin. <laughs> the carriage, the the coach, looks like yeah. whatever equivalent in the British yeah. Empire. The sheriff of Nottingham yeah. would absolutely. Um, and be just rocking the, that. counting the coins is very sheriff as well. Right, it, it was so Robin Hoodian. We did see him steal many provisions. Mm-hmm. Um, not just the food. Um, and here we see him just straight up stealing money. You get it, you need money to survive. But this is getting pretty obnoxious. Yeah. Um, yes, indeedy. So, uh, okay, now we finally hear Mayor Tog's description of Chin's statue and his account mm-hmm. of Kiyoshi uh, striking down the emperor. So, uh, okay. Uh, if only they had more uh, sources of information. <laughs> no, I mean, if only yeah, they had the I mean, I mean, listen. Uh, the story goes that Kiyoshi killed Chin the Great, and that that's why they hate the Avatar. Okay, I, I, I think that's a good uh, reason, but, but actually far more important with this scene is the, the fact that the gang becomes detectives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We get to see, I mean, Sokka, look, we always knew that Sokka is very quick. At times throughout the series, he's had a great military mind and great tact. Pretty obvious that he's going to be the detective here, but it is fun how him and Katara kind of mm-hmm. play off each other and Sokka's just going for all the glory. Which, in fairness, look, he's been robbed of his boomerang. Yes. He's, you know, his mind is now one of, like, it's literally the only thing he's got left. <laughs> he, so he, he needs wants to be props. Yeah. Uh, another thing I want to mention is just this, this, this whole thing of... Uh, they killed my leader hundreds of years ago and there's a rock or a hole in the ground to prove it. Uh, it reminds me of the Ganjins and, uh, and the Chi. What was the other tribe called? The uh, uh, Jin Wang. No, the Jin, Jin Wang was... Uh, right, the, the Shangs. The Shangs and the Ganjins. Yeah. Just uh, <laughs> some guy kicked the ball across the yeah. sandbox a little, yeah. a little rough one day and and now tribes hate each other forever. Why? Yeah. Why, why are you fighting? Who yeah. cares? We hate them. Exactly. Right. Uh, the the very first clue that we start to recognize something's a myth amiss the stone of the uh, statue matches the stone of the footprint. So clearly, right. Uh, hmm. 
something, something, mm-hmm. something's not right here. All right. Sokka and Katara uh, follow a hunch to Kiyoshi Island to the delight of foamy mouth guy. Woohoo! He returns. Ooh. That was a nice yes. kind of little thing to have there. Um, hoping to find evidence that'll help prove Aang's innocence. They are welcomed with cheers, though the villagers are disappointed to realize Aang isn't with them. Katara and Sokka briefly state their business to Oyaji, who subsequently takes them to Kiyoshi's shrine. Inside are several relics belonging to the previous avatar. Katara discovers the size of Kiyoshi's feet were very large, the biggest of all the avatars, according to Oyaji. When she begins to voice her conclusion, however, Sokka interrupts her and points out that he's the detective. He's got the getup, and uh, he gets to make all the clues around here. Sarcastically bowing in a mocking gesture, Katara allows him to voice her conclusion for himself. There was nothing linking Kiyoshi to Chin's murder as the small footprint. The only evidence did not match Kiyoshi's large one. She sarcastically congratulated her brother on her brilliant discovery. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, where to begin? First, uh... Foamy, foamy mouth guy. Yes, I love that. So we, we did see this, and I don't know if we mentioned it when we first met him. Mm. He's voiced by Brian Konietzko of Break, mm. which is just wonderful and a mm-hmm. fun little tidbit to know that he's, that's him. That's Brian. Hey, I Brian. Uh, <laughs> I would be, uh, you know, foamy mouthing for my, uh, the, my creation, too. Uh, I mean, Absolutely. I think we foamy mouth an hour an episode, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. 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 It is very cool. And uh, let's not forget, Kiyoshi Island is where we saw Angamania. It's where we first kind of felt the the Avatar phenomenon. So so this this natural return of cheering uh, was excellent. excellent. Well, there's there's definitely a lot of similarities with this episode and the Warriors of the Kiyoshi episode. The Warriors of Kiyoshi episode. Not only do they go to the same place, you also get Kiyoshi herself, which yes. is a big aspect of both. You get. <laughs> A small village, we'll find out later, but, you know, a tiny village that they visit. And because of them visiting, they have to deal with some fire. Like, there's a lot of things that are very, very yeah. similar between the two. And they're almost, the you know, again, the the first going to Oma- Omashu in book one and then going again this season. Here you have a, a, another similar parallel between yeah. the episodes of Kiyoshi in book one and then this one here, which yeah. is nice. You know, it kind of... yes. Returning to the island, returning also to the shrine of Kiyoshi, where several relics await them, uh, including these massive, massive shoes. Like, uh, mm-hmm. okay, uh, but like, <laughs> avatars do not keep one height. Like, like these boots, when Aang wears them later, were the boots of a, a twelve-foot-tall Kiyoshi, not the uh, I don't know six-foot-tall Kiyoshi of ordinary stature. Uh, who knows? I don't. Are you sure? It, it seems like they're the same boots. They're her boots. They brought them back. Nice. Um, they're definitely humongous, and it's very yeah. clear that yeah, that footprint is way off. That's supposed to be Kiyoshi. Yes. Um, and then just Sokka doing everything he can to make sure that he gets to be the one to say it. Yeah. It it's all he has left. I mean, he took us booming. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, okay. Ank is still in the clink in prison there, he's having a surprisingly light conversation with the other prisoners mm-hmm. who all encourage Aang to hang in there regarding his crush on Katara. <laughs> so maybe they consider him one of them and it's not really so much a threat. You know, he's used to mm. quote unquote bad guys 
True. Not liking him and being the voice of reason, but in this town, everything's kind of upside down. It is fun hearing them commiserate with him and, yeah. and you know, telling him what a great, smart, funny guy he is and she'll come around. It's, you know, it's a, it's a fun play on, you know, the usual, oh, no, good guy in jail. He's going to get threatened by all the inmates here. He's yeah. just having, like, a nice little, you know, like, salon gossip sesh. Hell, yeah. Hell, yeah. Elsewhere, we see the uh, painting, Bertha Kiyoshi. Yeah. So another clue, another piece of evidence that from the daylight, shadow, and timing, uh, I mean, <laughs> inconclusively, we, we can demonstrate that... Uh, you know, Chin was not killed by uh, Kiyoshi. Or, yeah, it's, well, more on that later. Yeah, shouldn't have been. I mean, it's funny, too, because, yeah, like the rest of the paragraph, I mean, it's funny watching it, how annoyingly relevant it is right now, where it's so clearly obvious the facts, like what the facts are. And yet, because this justice system is so terrible and so rigged and mm -hmm. so corrupted, that yeah. it doesn't matter. Even if there's glaringly obvious truth, hint, hint, like wearing a mask helps prevent the spread of coronavirus, you know, <sighs> things like that, where it's just such an obvious thing, mm -hmm. but you're in, you know, you feel like Mugatu and Zoolander and you're on crazy pills and everyone's <laughs> oh like, God. well, it doesn't matter. Here we are with this information. Obviously, you know, their reasoning behind why they believe Kiyoshi was guilty is way off. The point being, you know, like that, the idea of, of yeah. their justice system is <laughs> just us is such a, again, like in 2020, that phrase, it doesn't have new meaning, sadly, because of the way things have been in this country, mm -hmm. but it's just that much more obvious what other meetings that really does have. Yeah, I don't know where to begin, which justice system to talk about first. Um, I mean, first off, Sokka and Katara, okay, they, they play detective, you know, we're all used to some kind of uh, evidence-based trial. And uh, here they are building a case that uh, in, in a non-evidence-based judicial system. So, uh, I, I mean, dude, I, I will say our judicial system admits the evidence and then finds a way to ignore it. So it's a different kind of wrong here. Uh, all right. God help us all. Um, may we not be ruled by the great uh, friggin' Chin Wannabe. That yeah. uh, may may we be ruled by the avatars of the world, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know. I think uh, it was very funny though that for some reason you can't have an attorney; you have to defend yourself because either Sokka yeah. or Katara could have presented the argument. Uh, Aang has all the evidence and can't uh, deliver it for whatever reason. Uh, it, it almost like lended credence to his guilt he, just by the presentation. He, at least, you know, from the vantage point of the jury or you as the uh, audience here. Yeah. But uh, it was nonsense. Even if he had remembered it, he would have been found guilty. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was kind of a jumbled mess. And it's again, like, it, this did kind of remind me of Aang in the episode in book one um, when they were trying to get him to, you know, push the coal through the vents and he kind of just wasn't really paying attention. He was just dancing around. It's always like, uh, you know, butterfly. And again, he's childhood. He 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 can't not be playful. But uh, you know, maybe he's gotten too cozy with these uh, inmates in jail. He doesn't see. He's forgotten that he has to uh, stop the uh, fire lord by Sosin's comet. Uh, right. But, uh, okay. 
Yeah, like you don't have time for this nonsense. Yeah, yeah. You know who hasn't forgotten uh, what needs to be done? Zuko, okay? <laughs> he, he can never forget. Uh, he returns to Iroh, and we see he's used stolen fortune to decorate their cave. Iroh tells him not to be ashamed of poverty. And when Zuko mentions one more time the capture of the Avatar, he adds that it will not solve all their problems and he must not fall into despair. Worried about how the prince is coping with the situation, Iroh tells him, in the darkest times, hope is something you give yourself. That is the meaning of inner strength. So, uh, I mean, dude... They got deep in this scene. I, I, we, we, we included a quote here, but you really had yeah, you gotta watch it. Yeah. There's so much in this scene to dissect and you know discuss. I, that line is, is, comes after he discusses that there is a simple honor in poverty. Mm-hmm. And Zuko's reaction, like you know, it's basically, you know, Zuko doesn't do simple honor. We spring to the quote about hope thinking that capturing the avatar is still his only way to regain his honor. And he's his only, you know, and, and he says, maybe that's not the case. And Zuko says, well, then there's no hope. And that's when Iroh says what he says about, you know, hope is something that you can find yourself. Um, yeah. And it's just such a beautiful line. Um, there's, there's, okay. So there's a couple different things. One of them is obviously in this moment, seeing Zuko still clinging on to his belief, this ingrained belief, when Iroh says what he tells him about, you know, lightness, you know, light versus darkness, um, it, it's very similar to that the only way to regain his honor is to do his father's bidding and capture the Avatar. When clearly it's been shown that his father, through his sister now even, does not really care at all about him. He's freaking fleeing the Fire Nation. And mm-hmm. I mean, Iroh's point blank telling him that's not really going to do anything. And for Zuko, that just immediately means, well, there's no hope. Um, well, what is it? In the darkest time, hope is something you give yourself. That is the meaning of inner strength. There's a line he do, he has in The Legend of Korra, and I'm going to find it real quick. It's right in front of me, where he tells a young Korra lost in the spirit world, if you look for the light, you can often find it. But if you look for the dark, that is all you will ever see. And I just want to like praise Mike and Brian here. Hell this yeah. is a line in book two that aired in 2006 or seven. And they did such a great job knowing the character of Iroh. And it could have just been literally going back and having a rewatch, rewatch and utilizing these. But to then have Iroh come back in Korra and use a similar type of line in terms of helping to guide a lost soul is just so remarkable. And that consistency is, it's, it's mind-blowing. It's, it's really, really cool. Um, but yeah, this whole scene, and then you see Zuko not really sure to what to make of this advice. Yeah. Um, you know, it's clear Zuko's going to do his own thing. He won't listen to Iroh when it comes to not stealing. Uh, food is one thing. Some cash is another thing. But now he's like decorating the cave. It's like, come on. That's, that's, uh, well, it's a fucking cave. Okay. I should... yeah, like, you guys are on the run. Why do you need, like, home it's more stuff to carry? Yeah. Well, I, I, uh, the the coinage itself has a good weight to it. You could, uh, yeah. Um, Not that poor ostrich horse. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I think it's uh, just this understanding. Uh, 
mean, you just you nailed the one Zuko line about the darkness and the light, but uh, this other line of the Avatar capturing the Avatar will not solve all your problems. There's, you know what I mean? Like there is no uh, solution to all your problems. There, that you like you you have to understand that, and uh, oh, it's just it's so deep for for this show, but also that the characters have this emotional depth is uh, amazing. Just, uh, you know, this is like, I, I gotta tell you, the Zuko Iroh uh, contribution to this episode is six minutes, like, out of 21, and like, an entire novel is written. I mean, it's, there's just so much. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs. I mean, they're barely in it, but they're all you remember. Mm-hmm. When you look back on this episode, because this yeah. storyline is so juicy. So many people talk about how, oh, Zuko, you know, especially when they first meet him, this is such a one-dimensional character, or they talk about the series, you know, maybe versus Korra, maybe not, how the Fire Nation, certainly Ozai are very one-dimensional, and it's just, we're going to do- conquer and get the Avatar. Zuko is such a complex character, and they're going out of their way to almost laugh at the audience and be like, you think this is one-dimensional? We're going to show you how wrong you are. And we're going to put him in these situations and spell out for everyone. Yeah, you may think that's the case with the Avatar and your honor, but it isn't. And you're going to have to figure out what is. And and it's just great. Yes. Unbelievable. You know, it's not great. Uh, the uh, judicial system in this <laughs> town here. because uh, Okay. But you know what? They got they got a Hail Mary. They, the trial isn't done yet. Refusing to give up. The two siblings have... Aang dress up in Kiyoshi's old uniform as a witness uh, invited by Katara. Maybe uh, it'll jog the memory. Uh, Tong disagrees and says he would not allow the mockery of the court before he begins to read out the verdict. Oh, the sacred uh, court. (laughs) Suddenly, Kiyoshi manifests through Aang's body, much like Avatar Roku did during the winter solstice at the Fire Temple. She announces to the village that she did indeed kill Chin the Great or Chin the Conqueror, as she calls him. He was conquering neighboring islands, neighboring lands, and was planning on conquering Kiyoshi's village, which at the time was situated on a peninsula. To protect her people, she confronted Chin's army alone, coming face to face with the surprisingly short warlord. However, instead of fighting, Kiyoshi used the Avatar state to separate the entire peninsula from the mainland, pushing it into the ocean to form Kiyoshi Island. In the process, Kiyoshi's airbending scattered and decimated Chin's army. Chin, himself too stubborn to move from where he was standing at the end of the cliff, cried out in frustration as he fell to his death when the ground broke off from under his feet. Whew. So uh, the episode, you know, uh, there's one thing is the, the trial, but then there's this whole like origin story that does a great job mm-hmm. of uh, coming full circle here. So... Uh, Let's do it. How funny was Aang in Kiyoshi clothes? Little, oh, it's funny. I'm a little guy in an overstuffed suit. <laughs> it, it, it was very um, reminiscent of when, uh, of in the Avatar State episode. Yeah. But it's that kind of idea where it's like, we're just going to put you in all these traditional clothes and hope that it, like, turns something on. And it yeah. turns out it was just Mayor Tong being absurd. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. yeah. So, no, it wasn't the clothes, but it certainly was... Uh, I mean, pretty pretty cool that it was Kiyoshi that made an appearance. Now, uh, Kiyoshi is, I believe, known as the most violent of the avatars. Uh, certainly an aggressor. 
But uh, here we see her taking an airbending approach, uh, drawing on that side of her thing and pacifically or peacefully uh, ending the conflict, withdrawing from the uh, creating an island. So there were some civilian casualties. So, so and somehow she's both the, the killer and the pacifist. Uh, I don't even care. Like his army, you know, they were all a bunch of conquerors and they very well may have been kind of forced in. You know, it's, it's very much a, a Genghis Khan kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but in terms of Chin, I don't know why she says that she kills him because she didn't. And it's right. funny, this comes back again later on in the next season but she just broke off and was like all right you want to do your thing fine i'm literally gonna make sure that me and my people and our island just peace out he knew what was coming and just stood there right we also see kiyoshi is just a Mm, badass like all right you're gonna do that fine i'm gonna do this she's decisive and she's honest and she's protective of her people yes um, I mean, I think this is the biggest Kiyoshi flex maybe in the whole series and, uh, just un- unbelievable. We've gotten the Roku flex. Now we get the Kiyoshi flex, uh, very cool stuff. And then we learn even more about Kiyoshi Island and, uh, its origin as well. Yeah. And, and like you were saying, the way that she broke the land, you know, she used her fan. And mm-hmm. so we see like Aang did briefly. We see the power or the, the advanced airbending skills you can have using a fan with it, or the fan, like her fan in particular, added with airbending can be a massive, massive force. Yes. Well, then, once Kiyoshi disappears, Aang asks Katara what happened, and she tells him that he confessed to the murder. The village <laughs> brings out a wheel of punishment for Aang to spin, it lands on being boiled in oil. But before this sentence can be carried out, the rough rhinos arrive and attempt to take over the village. The mayor quickly charges the punishment to community service, changes the punishment to community service, and pleads with Aang to do a service to the community by defeating the warriors, which he, Sokka, and Katara do. The trio engages the warriors in battle and are successful in driving them away. Sokka regains his boomerang during the battle, exclaiming, Boomerang, you do always come back. <laughs> in an act of thanks, the mayor decides that in the future Avatar Day will honor the day Avatar Aang saved the town from the rough rhinos. Since Aang was not boiled in oil on that day, the celebration involves eating effigies of the Avatar made from unfried dough. Sokka, unnerved by the whole experience, offers the opinion that Chin Village is by far the worst town they have ever been to. Nonsense. Uh. So many to choose from. Uh, Let's How did we not uh, get the name before that. My bad. Yeah, that's crazy. No, it's all. But uh, so yeah, I think uh, the wheel of punishment. As if we needed any more, uh, you know, reminders of what a what a kangaroo court we have here. Yeah, there's a literal game show. What would they have done if it landed on getting eaten by sharks and not the dough or the 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 right? Oh yeah, this is a this is a fun game. Eaten by shark, you have shark fin soup. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You, you make the tradition. So then we eat the sharks instead of him getting eaten yeah, by a shark. Right. Interesting. I, uh, 
<laughs> it's the Hanukkah of uh, cookies here. You, you was, oil. Yeah. I was going to say, this almost <laughs> looks like a weird shout out to both Hanukkah with the oil and also to Passover with matzah yeah. and, also, and the unleavened bread. To Christmas because they look like gingerbread cookies. <laughs> I'll take, hey, I'll take it. Shout out. Yeah. Holla holla. Right. I, I think you could have just as easily made the tradition we fry in oil because mm -hmm. the oil was spared. But, I mean, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Get, get, get another laugh out there. But it's a lot funnier watching yeah. these um, these cookies that look like they were taken out of a Salvador Dali painting. Yeah. Oh, I was also thinking, uh, unfried, you can have cookie dough. Okay? This is not... Oh, yeah. Uh, they, they need to step up their uh, holiday traditions here on uh, Chin Village. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't expect too much from these guys in terms of turning, and don't forget they had to turn it all around in a, in a, in a day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they were about to just use that oil to burn him, so what else <laughs> could they do? A, it's actually a lot of progress for uh, <laughs> the wheel of punishment here. Yeah. Um, well, the Rough Riders arrive and kind of shake up the village, of course. Um, again, a nice reminder that there is a, a roaming elite uh, military unit that can uh, just pop in and follow the gang you know like there's all these people following the gang you got zuko you got azula you got different military units mm -hmm. uh you know jang's always in the mix there's a real uh, any number of fire uh, folks on your tail uh i have I, I do wonder we haven't this is now i think the second consecutive episode where we have not heard from or seen azula mm, correct yeah uh, um so i wonder what they're up to but uh I wonder too. Training, traveling. What's the? I don't know. I yeah. think. Well, it sounds like they're. You know, they they now have a new target. It's not just Iro and Zuko, but Aang. Maybe they sent the rhinos to go that way and went on the Iro Zuko trail. Just like the warriors of Kyoshi at the very end of the episode, Aang has brought Fire Nation destruction yes. to an innocent village that they stumbled into because they got tracked. You know, they they traced them there. It's just um, wherever he and Aang has to do everything he can to fix it and save it. Yeah, I mean, I think in this one, so last time they were leaving kind of right. as the Fire Nation approached, whereas here they were not leaving there. anytime soon. Right, uh, so they were there to stay and help clean yeah, up. Yeah, but, but I also wonder if the first time gave him the maturity and the experience to know, well, we can't leave until this is taken care of. Uh, that and... It was either get boiled in oil or stay in hell. <laughs> There's also that, that, yeah. But you also wonder if, like, I mean, it's so obvious that Aang this whole time, I don't know if it was this episode or a different one where he's, like, got his hands tied behind his back or or whatever, and he's able to, like, use airbending to free himself, then he yeah. quickly puts himself back in. Like, yeah. I don't know if this was kind of like that, where at any point, if he wanted to, he <laughs> I think so. out of there, and he I was just being a good person. At one point, um, he was in, like, the stocks, of uh, yeah. jail, and then like the next thing, he like takes off the stocks to chat with the prisoners and puts them right. back on. So right, right, right. So he's just yeah. kind of going. So it doesn't seem like he was in any real danger. Yes, indeedy. <laughs> and it was the same Rough Riders that came back because one of them happened to have Boomy. It's uh, ring. Yes, uh, oh, Saka. You know the show is very um, linear. Like, like there's such a well crafted story being told, but but. There was something sitcom-y about, okay, we, we knew he was going to get the boomerang back by the end of the episode. How's it going to happen? Yeah. 
It, it was yeah. actually, it wasn't forced. It was actually pretty nice that they did. It was surprisingly organic and nice. Yeah, yeah. it was very nice. So uh, with that, the village is uh, celebrating the new holiday. And that wraps up the gang's saga for this episode. By far the worst town they've ever been to. Now, okay. Is it? Uh-huh. I, 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 I don't know. This town was fine. They did try to kill them all, and they are in the Earth Kingdom. They've, that's not the first time they've all been taken captive and yeah. threatened in the Earth Kingdom. In fact, it happened with Boomy, and it happened the first episode of this season that tried to trigger the Avatar State. So they're kind of used to it, but I think that the general nonsense surrounding everything else, I, I feel like, again, Sokka was speaking for the audience where you're just like, this, this is all just ridiculous. The, the, the nonsense of believing everything, uh, leaving everything up to a fortune teller, uh, I think is greater in my mind than the nonsense of this, uh, you know, cuckoo judicial system. <laughs> True, but it was more that like, well, I guess they did have to do a lot there too. It was pretty absurd. Yeah. Um, <sighs> yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Although at least there, you know, like for Sokka to be without his boomerang, having right. to go do all this detective work for a trial that is a sham anyway, <laughs> and then all that stuff goes down, and then they end up being found guilty, and and they're gonna burn him alive, and then it turns out, oh well, actually, can he just save our lives, and then you'll be fine? Like they yes. weren't in any danger outside of the volcano, but yeah, it was just like a weird. I think that was kind of like a wink and a nod to to the viewers, being like, look, we get it as a filler. This is kind of weak sauce. But hey, at least you had Zuko. Yeah, but like at at least you had Zuko and Iroh, and at least you had Kyoshi. But but like the Avatar story. Um, And I'm sorry for a filler episode. They solve a mystery. I mean, that was kind of fun. I didn't hate it uh, at all. Yeah. So uh, that's fair. Yeah, not the worst time I'd say. I I think he was just uh, too hurt from losing his uh, boomerang. Um, But he had gotten it back by then. Yeah, but he was still upset. All right, that's my theory. one more thing I want to re- uh, talk about. Just, just okay, the, the Aang saving the town, he starts off dressed as Kiyoshi as part of his, uh, you know, like, testimony or whatever. And then, like, it's time, the rhino show up. He just throws off his Kiyoshi clothes. Like, does that sick at kick, uh, spin kick move. And is still wearing the Kiyoshi makeup. I, I thought that was very cool to see Aang fighting with that look. Uh, oh, it's it's it, he rocks the makeup nicely, and he yeah. does get. I don't know if we've seen it before, um, but that like spinning air kick that he does to finish off like the last of the of the rough rhinos in that fight is one of the most aggressive air bending moves we've seen him use. They're usually very defensive, indeed. And yeah. here he's using it to straight up hurt someone. So it's, it's a growth in in terms of his fighting styles. Indeed, it is, and. Uh... That, that wraps that up. Elsewhere, in an unexpected turn, Zuko tells Iroh he has to find his own way in life. Iroh understands and doesn't stop Zuko when he exits the cave to continue his travels alone. <sighs> Zuko decides to go solo. This is the first time, I think, since maybe his banishment even, mm. that he's legitimately alone. Yeah. Um, and it also makes for one of the best episodes oh, in, yeah. in, in the entire series. A, a huge fan favorite, and I can't wait for us to get to it. But it's uh, it's just a big turn here. 
you know, Iroh doesn't, you know, he does leave the cave and says goodbye. Um, he has his back turned when Zuko says goodbye and leaves, but then he comes back to see Zuko off. Obviously, Zuko's going to keep the ostrich horse for himself and bring some, some yeah. things with him when he goes. And it's just, you could see Iroh wanting to keep him there, but knowing that it's, it's in, in, in the long run, you know, for the better to let Zuko kind of make these discoveries of personal growth on his own. Iroh sat there and tried his best and, and told him in as plain of words as you can, Capturing the Avatar isn't the be-all, end-all for you. And it's not going to you solve your problems. Yeah. yeah, these problems aren't going to go away, and you're just going to, you know. And it's time to really just think about who you want to be as a person. Uh, but at the same time, I also think Iroh knows um, Zuko does need to kind of find his own way. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's, it's necessary and also, like, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, inevitable in some ways. You know what it's like? Yeah. It's a lot of times like, um, I, you know, I, people who have kids or significant others or whatever, you know, like my fiance, I'll be talking to her about something and I'll raise a point or I'll, I'll have an opinion on something and she'll get, you know, a little defensive about it and be like, no, no, come on. And because we always like, we're always talking to each other and she's always hearing this from me. She's just like, whatever. And then if like a friend of hers, you know, mm -hmm. they're, they're talking that she hasn't spoken to in a while and they bring up the exact same point because it's like a a new voice or, you know, a third party or whatever. It's like, oh, you know what? That's a good point. I didn't think about it that way. And here, I think it's kind of the same thing with Zuko and Iroh, where Iroh knows, look, I can keep hammering this down, but Zuko is just not going to hear it from me. He needs to find this out another way. And the best way, like you're saying, is to just go out on his own. Yeah. And, uh, with that, we wrap up another episode of Avatar The Last Airbender. Unbelievable stuff, even if it was a filler. Uh, any, anything you want to bring up? Anything we missed? Anything you want to We have shout out my again? personal yeah. favorite show of the series coming up. Mm. Um, the single greatest character ever, ever. Yeah. I will, I will, that, that will be my help. Um, getting introduced next week, or next episode. And uh, Oof, you know, we, we finally heard from Kiyoshi here where, you know, Zuko and Iroh are going their way. Things are getting really juicy. We've, you know that there's some cool Azula stuff coming soon, but in the meantime, we are well into it and, and I'm looking forward to the next episode. Here we go. Yes, indeed we are. Um, well, we, I mean, it's going to be one of the best episodes. I, we're going to talk about it so much in the episode. I'm going to save it, but like, really, <laughs> what, what a great character. What a great introduction. Uh, yeah. The, uh, man, I, this episode was great. I, I love this yeah. whole Sokka as Sherlock Holmes. How, like, somehow he loses an item, but, like, he needs new props, and they just make that a, a seamless thing. Uh, yeah. It's, it's just unbelievable. So, uh, it was good. That wraps up another episode of The Boys in the Iceberg. Woo! Well, be sure to follow The Boys in the Iceberg on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find our podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and pretty much wherever podcasts can be found. Thank you for listening. Good night. Flamio, hot